verse number 21. قَالَ نُوحٌ Nuh alayhi salam said, رَبِّ إِنَّهُمْ O my Lord, indeed they. Now Nuh alayhi salam is directing his complaint to Allah. He's saying, O my Lord, indeed they, as in my people, عَصَوْنِي they have disobeyed me. Meaning they have rejected everything I've told them. Every time I invited them, they rejected me. Every time, whatever I invited them, they disobeyed me. وَاتَّبَعُوا And instead they have followed somebody else. They've rejected me and they have chosen to follow somebody else. And who is it that they're following? مَنْ who لَمْ يَزِدْهُ مَالُهُ لَمْ يَزِدْ لَمْ not يَزِدْهُ It increases him. مَالُهُ His wealth. وَوَلَدُهُ And his children. Meaning someone whose wealth and children do not increase him illa khasara except in loss. They have chosen to follow someone who's got wealth and children. Apparent, you know, power in this world. Or things because of which people, they become respectable. So he's got this wealth and children, but because of this wealth that he is increasing in his loss. Because for many people, it's their wealth and their children that take them away from God, that make them commit sin, that take them further into disobedience. Many times a person will say things like, you know, if I was doing anything wrong, why would God give me so many blessings? Right? Or if so-and-so person is really doing something wrong, why would they be the happiest person in the world? Or apparently happy at least. So they're deceived by their wealth and children. And their wealth and children is not increasing them except in loss. Really, this is so sad. لَمْ يَزِدْهُ مَالُهُ وَوَلَدُهُ إِلَّا خَسَارًا We think if a person gets wealth and children, they have khasar? No, we think they're successful. But notice, with the wealth and with the children, what is happening? They're going further in loss. So just having wealth and children doesn't mean that a person will be successful. Because here, there are people who have wealth and children, but they're going further in loss. مَن لَمْ يَزِدْهُ مَالُهُ وَوَلَدُهُ إِلَّا خَسَارًا So, they have chosen to follow such people. Those of wealth, those of children, of worldly prestige. And it is because of these things that they are increasing in their loss. وَمَكَرُوا And they have plotted Makran, a plot that is kubara, that is immense. They have conspired an immense conspiracy. Makr is a secret plot or plan to harm someone, right? And it's also described as asari fil fasad, to exert one's effort in causing trouble. This is makr. And obviously this is secret behind the scenes. So makaru makran kubara, they have been running around behind the scenes trying to create trouble. They have come up with a master plan to oppose me, to contradict me. So now people don't even listen to me. When I go to them, they put their fingers in their ears. When I go to them, they just cover themselves up. They draw the curtains. They block me off. They don't even want to listen. This is their makr. Who has done this? The, the leaders have done this. Those whom they follow. It's as if these verses are talking about the situation in Makkah when these verses were revealed. 
Remember the Prophet ﷺ also, what happened? His opponents were mainly who? It was the chiefs of the tribes. And what did they do? They did makr. They spread false rumors about the Prophet ﷺ, lies about him, so that when people would come into Makkah, what would they do? What would they do? They would plug their ears. Like one of the companions said that he came to Makkah and he stuffed his ears with cotton because people had warned him, there is a man and his magic is in his words. If you hear him, that magic will affect you. So be careful. So in order to save himself when he was in Makkah, what did he do? He plugged his ears with cotton. Imagine. This was the makr done by who? By the chiefs. Right? So this companion, what did he do then? He said, you know what? I'm a pretty intelligent man. I can't be affected so easily just by mere words. Let me at least see what this man is saying. Right? So what happened? He went to the Prophet ﷺ, heard the Qur'an, found it completely logical, effective, and believed. So, وَمَكَرُوا مَكْرًا kubara. Even the enemies of Nuh ﷺ conspired similar plots. وَقَالُوا And they have said, meaning they have said to their people, the leaders have said to the nation, that لَا تَذَرُنَّ Never ever leave. Don't you dare leave at all. Do not leave at all. Alihatakum your gods. Meaning Nuh is telling you to stop idol worship. And you, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna leave your gods at all. Wala tadarunna. And don't you dare leave waddan, the worship of wad. Do not leave, as in do not leave worshipping wad. What is wad? The name of one of their idols. Wala suwa'an, nor suwa'. Don't even leave worshipping suwa'. Wala yaghus. And don't leave Yahuth either. Wayaruk, and don't leave Yaruk. Wanasr, and don't leave Nasr. They named their idols, and they said, "Don't leave these idols at all." It is said this idol, whose name was Wad, was a male idol named after a tall man, and uh, it is said that it's from the word Wud. Wud is love, so Wad, loving. God knows what the meaning was. Suwar. It is said that Suwar was their female deity. Yaruth. It is said that this was an idol that was with a lion face and they prayed to it for relief. Ya'uq. It is said that this was horse faced from Aq. Aq is to set free. So it would set them free from their problems. And then Nasr was an eagle or a vulture faced idol. Whatever it was, these are some details that have been narrated. But regardless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the names of the idols over here. And the point is that look at the makr. That the leaders are telling their people, naming their idols, don't leave this one, don't leave that one, and don't you dare, la tadarunna, la tadarunna. See these words? It's repeated twice in the ayah. It shows the emphasis with which they prohibited their people. And la tadarunna is very strong. Noon mushaddad means definite. And with the la, prohibition, don't you dare, not at all, at any cost. Don't leave this one, don't leave this one. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu, there is a hadith in Bukhari in which we learn that the names of these idols formerly belonged to some pious men, some righteous people. And when those righteous people, so a person whose name was Wad, another person his name was Suwa, another person his name was Yaruth, another person his name was Yaruq, another person his name was Nasr. So these were actually people, human beings, and they were righteous. So when they died, shaitan inspired 
the people to prepare and place idols at the places where they used to sit at. So there was a particular place where, let's say this righteous man by the name of Wad would live or he would worship God over there. So what happened? They said, you know what? This place is so sacred. So let's, you know, this man, Wad, righteous man is gone, but let us make an idol, call it Wad and keep it here so that we don't forget him. So initially the intention was really good. We will remember him. We'll make an image of him so we remember him. In memory of. You understand? And then eventually, what happened? They started worshipping these idols and they forgot Allah. So over time, over the years, those pictures or those images turned into idols. Now what happened? We all know that Nuh eventually what happened with his people? There was a flood, all of them were destroyed. Nuh was like the second Adam, right? But shirk came again. Isn't it? Shirk came again. Idolatry came again. So shaitan revived this idolatry again. And he continues to do it. He continues to do it. In fact, Ibn Abbas anhu said that all the idols which were worshipped by the people of Nuh were worshipped by the Arabs later on. Those idols that were destroyed in the flood. Right? I mean, the concept of shirk was finished. But what happened? Shaitan was still there. So down the road, thousands of years later, he came to people again and he led them to shirk. وَقَدْ أَضَلُّوا كَثِيرًا Nuh said that and certainly they have misled many. They have misled many. Who? These chiefs, these leaders of this nation, they have misled many people. وَلَا تَزِدِ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا ضَلَالًا Nuh prays against these people now. He says, O oh my Lord, do not increase such unjust people, such oppressors, except in error. They choose error for themselves, give them more of it. They choose error, give them more of it. Why? So at least the rest of humanity will be rightly guided. مِمَّا خَطِيئَاتِهِمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Mimma, because of خَطِيئَاتِهِمْ Their sins. Which sins? Numerous sins. I mean, what were their crimes over here? Was it just the act of shirk? Was it? No. Look at the way they treated Nuh Look at their arrogance. Look at their rejection. Look at their stubbornness upon falsehood. Even though the signs were so evident, the message was so clear. Because of their sins, Allah says, أُغْرِقُوا They were drowned. In what? In the great flood. فَأُدْخِلُوا nara. And as they were drowned, they were admitted into the fire. Which fire is this? Of hell. But we know that people will be put into the fire of hell when? On the day of judgment. But here, look at the sequence. They were drowned. And immediately after that, then the next thing was that they were admitted into the fire. Yes. Regardless of how a person dies, if there is for him fire, in the barzakh, he will enter the fire. And if there is for him a garden in the barzakh, then he will enter the garden. Because remember, after death is the life in the grave, or life in al-barzakh, until the day of judgment. When a person dies, he's not just finished. 
No. There is a different existence. Where? In the barzakh. And what is the barzakh? The state one is in until the day of judgment. And that state is either of punishment or of bliss. And there are so many verses in the Qur'an and statements of the Prophet ﷺ that prove to this. One of them is this verse. Even the people of Fir'aun, what do we learn in Surah Ghafir, Ayah 46? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَنَّارُ يُعْرَضُونَ عَلَيْهَا غُدُوًّا وَعَشِيًّا People of Fir'aun also, they were drowned. But fire is what they are presented upon in the morning and the evening. وَيَوْمَ تَقُومُ السَّاعَةُ And the day that the hour will be established, أَدْخِلُوا آلَ فِرْعَوْنَ أَشَدَّ الْعَذَابِ Admit the people of Fir'aun to the most severe punishment. And from hadith also we learn, there is punishment in the grave, or there is reward in the grave. The grave of a person, whatever that is, however that is, whatever condition a person is in when they die, ashes or sound body or eaten by an animal or drowned in the water, whatever. In reality, it is either a garden from the gardens of paradise, or it is a pit from the pits of hell. فَأُدْخِلُوا nara. They were admitted into the fire. We learned that once a lady came to Aisha radiallahu anha and uh, she gave dua to Aisha radiallahu anha that may Allah protect you from the punishment of the grave. So Aisha radiallahu anha, she was really surprised by that. that what do you mean? So she asked the Prophet wasallam, is there punishment in the grave? And he said, yes. He said, yes, this is a hadith reported in Bukhari. And there are so many hadith that prove to this. Remember, that once the Prophet ﷺ was passing by certain graves, right? And he was made to hear something that others were not made to hear. And what was that? The sound of the people who were in those graves being punished. And he said that they are being punished, but they are not being punished for anything major. One of them is being punished because of, because of what? Backbiting. Namima. Because he spreads backbiting, goes to this person, talks bad about one individual, then goes to another, always going person to person, spreading evil. Such a person is punished in the grave. And really we need to think that when we sit with people, what do we talk about? Who do we talk about? What do we say? How often do we talk about people? And how often do we talk about important things? Useful things? What are our conversations about? And the thing is that the more time you have on your hand, the more free you are, the more time you have to talk. And as you have to talk, and people keep asking you, so what's up? What else is going on? Well, you've spoken about what's going on in your life. Now you have to talk about what's going on in other people's lives. So use your time productively. Busy yourself in good work so you don't have time to talk about other people's lives. And the other person was being punished for because of splashes of urine. He didn't take care of tahara. Spread filth and also let filth remain on their body. The Prophet ﷺ said that most of the punishment in the grave is because of urine. He also said, protect yourselves from it for most of the torment of the grave is because of it. In another narration we learn that the punishment of the grave is for who? It is for those who turn away 
after seeking knowledge, after learning. The truth is clear. It's evident. They're upon it, meaning they're following it. And then they leave it. They turn away from it. There's a narration in Bukhari in which we learn Anas radiallahu anhu said that there was a man who embraced Islam and he learned Surah Al-Baqarah and he learned Surah Al-Imran. And he knew how to write. So he was also the scribe of the Prophet ﷺ. But what happened later is that he became a Christian. He left Islam. He would ascribe lies to the Prophet ﷺ. And he would say, Muhammad knows nothing except what I have written for him. He knows nothing except what I have written for him. So what happened? This man, he died eventually. And when his people buried him, in the morning they saw that his body was out of the grave. So they said, this is the act of the Muslims. They have done this out of revenge for him. That he was buried, but they took him out of the grave and they threw his body out. So they buried him again. And the next morning, they found that the earth had thrown his body out. Again they said, this is an act of Muhammad and his companions, So they dug the grave for him as deep as they could for the third time. But in the morning they again saw that the earth had thrown his body out. So when this happened so many times, they realized that what had befallen him was not done by human beings. And so they had to leave his body out. Because every time they buried it, it was thrown out. They tried so hard many times. A person who knows the truth knowingly rejects it and turns away from it, turns away after ilm. Then there's punishment in the grave for such a person. In another narration we learn that a person will be punished in the grave and he will say, why? Why is this punishment being given to me? And he will be told that you performed prayer without wudu. And you passed by an oppressed person and you did not help him. This is a hadith in a silsilatu sahihah number 2774. Two reasons are given for the punishment in the grave. What are those reasons? Firstly, you prayed without wudu. Pretending. Praying without wudu. Really, who are we fooling here? One is that a person, he forgot. I mean, he thinks that he has wudu, but he actually doesn't. That's a different case. This is, he knows he doesn't have wudu. She knows she doesn't have it. But still she's praying. What is this? Who is a person fooling? For this is adab al-qabr. And secondly, you passed by an oppressed person and you did not help him. You passed by a person who was being oppressed, who was being treated unfairly, and you did nothing to save him. For this is adab al-qabr. The Prophet ﷺ would make dua in his salah. And he would teach this dua to people like he would teach them a surah of the Qur'an. Imagine, he would teach this dua to people just as he would teach them a surah of the Qur'an. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min adhabi jahannam wa a'udhu bika min adhabi al-qabr wa a'udhu bika min fitnat al-masih al-dajjal wa a'udhu bika min fitnat al-mahya wal-mamat. So we see over here the people of Nuh alayhi salam mimma khati'atihim ughriqu fa'udkhilu nara 
they were drowned but immediately entered into the fire falam yajidu lahum and they did not find for themselves min dunillahi besides allah ansara any helpers meaning none could protect them from the punishment there was no one who could help them at all wa qala nuhun and nuh alayhi salam said rabbi o oh my lord la tadhar do not leave ala al-ardi upon the earth min al-kafirin among the disbelievers the deniers the yara an inhabitant the yar is one who is da'ir one who lives in a dar one who lives in a house a resident he said do not leave upon the earth even a single resident a single dweller that denies you in other words he's saying every denier finish him off why is he praying against them because he conveyed for 950 years and it was clear that they were not going to believe so if they would be left as they were what would happen to the future generations what would happen they would be the same This is explained in the following verse that innaka intadharhum indeed you o allah if you were to leave them if you were to spare them yudillu ibadak they will forever misguide your slaves wala yalidu and they will not beget meaning give birth to illa fajiran kafara except every fajir and kafar meaning then the future of humanity is what that they will only be fajir wicked and kafar extreme deniers So he made dua against them. This was when? The second day? 950 years. We learned the Prophet ﷺ said that Nuh ﷺ will be called on the day of judgment. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will call him. And Nuh ﷺ will say, لَبَّيْكْ وَسَعْدَيْكْ O my Lord, here I am at your service. And Allah will say, did you convey the message? And Nuh ﷺ will say, yes. His nation will then be asked, did he convey the message to you? And they will say, no warner came to us. We have no idea. They will lie. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Nuh alayhi salam, who will bear witness in your favor? And he will say, Muhammad and his followers. Because this Quran is haqq. It is the truth. It is, it is yaqeen. So based on this knowledge, The ummah of the Prophet ﷺ will testify in favor of Nuh ﷺ that yes, he conveyed. رَبِّ غْفِرْ لِي Nuh ﷺ prayed that, Oh my Lord, forgive me. وَلِوَالِدَيَّ And also my parents. Forgive me and my parents. وَلِمَنْ دَخَلَ And also forgive the one who enters بَيْتِ my house. مُؤْمِنًا as a believer. Whoever comes in as a believer, forgive him also. And then he doesn't just end there. Forgive me, my parents, and those who have believed in me. وَلِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ And forgive all the believing men and all the believing women. What does this refer to? Who does this include? Every believing man and believing woman until the Day of Judgment. What does this show? Nuh salam. what kind of a person was he? A well-wisher. Sincere. Someone who wanted good for people, good for humanity, which is why he prayed for even those who would come much after him. وَلَا تَزِدِ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا تَبَارًا And do not increase the wrongdoers except in tabar. What is tabar? Complete destruction. Total ruin. 
وَتَبَّرْنَا تَتْبِيرًا Same root. Basically, tibr is used for a broken piece of gold. So imagine a brick of gold or something and a broken piece of that. You know, when you have even a small broken edge, then it's ruined. So, وَلَا تَزِدِ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا تَبَارًا And so what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responded to the dua of Nuh alayhi salam. And the great flood was sent. And all those who denied him were drowned. In Surah Hud, Ayah 32, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the people of Nuh alayhi salam قَالُوا يَا نُوح قَدْ جَادَلْتَنَا فَأَكْثَرْتَ جِدَالَنَا They said, O oh Nuh, you have argued with us and you've argued too much. We don't want to hear you anymore. فَأْتِنَا بِمَا تَعِدُنَا إِن كُنْتَ مِنَ الصَّادِقِينَ Bring us what you threaten us with if you're truthful. Meaning, we don't want to hear anything else. Now bring the punishment. In Surah Hud, Ayah 36, Allah says, وَأُوحِيَ إِلَى نُوحٍ أَنَّهُ لَنْ يُؤْمِنَ مِنْ قَوْمِكَ إِلَّا مَنْ قَدْ آمَنْ It was made clear to Nuh السلام, that now nobody else is going to believe. So Nuh السلام, made this dua against them after it was made clear to him. And this was after a struggle of 950 years. This is the story of sabr, of courage, of steadfastness, of hope of gratitude, not of bitterness. Because look at the end, he's praying to Allah for forgiveness. Why would a person seek forgiveness when they realize their shortcomings and when they realize they're in need of Allah? He always saw himself as Allah's servant, Abdan Shakura. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. قَالَ نُوحٌ رَبِّ إِنَّهُمْ عَصَوْنِي وَاتَّبَعُوا مَنْ لَمْ يَزِدْهُ مَالُهُ وَوَلَدُهُ إِلَّا خَسَارًا وَمَكَرُوا مَكْرًا كُبَّارًا وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدًّا وَلَا سُوَاعًا وَلَا يَغُوثَ وَيَعُوقَ وَنَسْرًا وَقَدْ أَضَلُّوا كَثِيرًا وَلَا تَزِدِ الظَّالِمِينَ إِلَّا ضَلَالًا مِمَّا خَطِيئَاتِهِمْ أُغْرِقُوا فَأُدْخِلُوا Subhanakallahumma <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>